0: All right. Hello guys, welcome back to the Try Time Podcast. It's episode twenty-three. I'm Callum. It's just me today, no Matt, but we have got as first guest, which is Greg McNally, current Whitehaven player. How are you doing, Greg? Um,
1: thanks mate, I'm not too bad of yourself.
0: Yeah, good, mate, good. So essentially, yeah. first guest of the season, just going to be talking to rugby, Greg, that sort of thing, and getting into it. So I reckon we just, well, I reckon we go back to when you first started and that sort of thing. So as you're, you know, looking up to become a rugby league player that sort of going to be professional, semi-professional, whichever it is. What sort of players are you looking up to at that time? Who are you, who are you looking up to?
1: Um, at that time, I was, a, I was a bit of a massive Saints fan at that time, uh, growing up. Uh, although I was living in Whitehaven, I was obviously sporting Whitehaven. I thought I was a massive St. Helens fan. And uh, going through the the golden age, as we call it, at St. Helens, we'd like to Sean Long. Uh, Leon Price went from Bradford to St. Helens and... Um, Jamie Lyon, people like that. But I'd say looking up look going through rugby as as an halfback as I grew up with originally as an halfback and probably I looking at Sean Long and Lee Brees are the ones that I was kinda of looking looking up to and trying to emulate and hopefully building my game around that really.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say looking back to them sort of times, they were definitely the two that I think stand out in my mind from in terms of the top half backs in Super League, yeah. So I definitely I definitely see that. So in terms of You've obviously come up. You've got to. i talk you through You're 17 years old. You debut for Whitehaven. Score a hat trick. What What was that like? Talk me through. Talk me through that day from when you knew you were making your debut to actually doing it and scoring that hat trick.
1: Uh, it was a bit weird leading up to it, to be honest. Um, I think I think we played Whitehaven played Lee Miners in a Challenge Cup game, and I remember this was a couple of months before. And I remember going out to the ground. I weren't playing, but for some reason, all the fans were like. Like, clapping me and saying, "Oh, it's brilliant to are giving you a go. And I was like, what do you want about? <laughs> going to just, I don't know if I'd just gone to do some kicking or something. And I thought I were playing. And I think from there, uh, I think we had Paul Crary, I think, was the coach at the time. But then he left and then Jed Stokes took over. And I think it was Jed's first game. We played all of them away in the Northern Real Cup. And he just said, oh, do you mind coming along? Just, as, as, just sit with me and have a watch and experience what first team rugby's about. And I said, yeah, definitely. So I jumped in. I didn't know whether it, well nervous. I didn't know whether I take my bag in case I was playing and they called me up <laughs> at last minute I w I didn't know what was going on but I took my bag just in case. Uh luckily I didn't need it that day. Um and I was I was eighteenth man for about eighteenth man for about five or six weeks, but it was one of those that he told me it was just kind of just get me into the system and get me used to being around the first team and get to know everyone and I was just taking it as a as a White Evan lad, thinking it was a free ticket to go and watch my own town club and getting to be right on the sides and running on with the cones, so I was proper enjoying it. I think we played badly the week before I played, and I think we had a bit of a poor defeat, and they were a bit of a relegation battle with us, and we were on the edge of being being massively, well, massively um, in that battle, and we didn't want to be, Um, and we came to the, I think it was a Thursday, uh, so we played on a Thursday, we turned up a train on Tuesday as normal, just to, everything is normal, and then Jed pulled me in, Chris Smith, uh, another guy that made his debut that day, put it one side and said, Oh, you've been eighteenth and nineteenth man for a while now and uh I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a start this weekend. Well I was like, Oh God, it's <laughs> gonna give me a more baptism of fire, Salty were unbeaten at the time and obviously go we full time in the championship and we not just not won a game for three or four weeks and we were struggling and but it was just that buzz. I remember going home and saying to my mom and dad, I'm I'm playing this weekend. They're like, No you're not, no you're not I said, No I am, I'm i am getting a start and so it's all that all them all the, the practice i have been on the uh, the Kels pitch and obviously watching Whitehaven home and away when I was younger it was just a bit of a de- dream come true true for myself
0: yeah I'm gonna say so I mean I've seen uh, I know recently um, Sky Sports Rugby league have shared they, on Twitter about it I've
1: seen, yeah like, they like, have uh, yeah
0: going around and it does look it does look classmate to be fair so obviously that's massive you, you can't get much bigger than that it's such a good sort of start where does that rank among amongst your like career highs is it the best uh, or?
1: I think it's definitely up there as the best. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, I've got I've got a couple for my career and I'll probably go on to them a bit later on, the other ones. But that's probably up there it's one, it was one of my favourite. It was just, I remember the whole day was surreal because I was still in sixth form at school. I was going to, it's a bit equivalent to college. I was going in with my mates and I had to say, can I, can I leave a bit early so I can go and have a bit of a nap before I play because I was <laughs> just that, that, that hyper and that thought I just need to calm myself down. I remember putting my e-phones in and going for a walk and. I live on Kells which overlooks the, the ground uh, and I remember walking to kind of the edge of the hill and just looking over and seeing all the sky cameras, all the sky trucks pulling in and putting all the cameras up and it kind of hit home and I was getting a bit nervous and <clears throat> it was just, I don't know, it was just, but as soon as I got to the ground I don't think I've ever been so relaxed before again, it was like, this is what you wanted to do and is you've got your chance to so just go and take it and fortunately things fell my way that day and I couldn't have predicted it to go any better, to be honest, and it's uh, something that I'm very, very proud of.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. So, Like I get say, looking back at it, it sounds absolutely class from a place. But you can't really start off much better than that. So, no. did you know that you hold the joint record for the most points in a match for White Did you know that? Or...
1: Uh, well, after the game, I found out, and <laughs> it annoyed me, to be honest, because I think we were, everybody, we were a featherweight, and I think we were... Ever one of them that was tipped to, to go go well again, and obviously, because the next five or six seasons they were, they were at the top of the championship, and they tipped him again. Daryl Powell had just come in, and we went there with a bit of a busted side. I think we had a few uh, reserve players playing, and I think we were 20 odd nil up after 15 minutes or something like that. And it was something crazy. Uh, and I remember, I think I, I don't know how many I scored, I think two or three that day, and kicked some goals. And I remember coming off at the end, and they were like, What, what were you doing on that last kick? Cause it, the hooter is the hooter more or less going to go. I were near the post. So we'd won by, I think we were 52, 22 up at that point. And I just kind of hit it and chanted it, and it, it just went wide. I, yeah, it was one yeah. of those I should, I should have kicked. And they all walked off and they were like, What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, What do you mean? Went, if you mean If you kicked that, you'd have brought the record. I went, What record? I bit Most points in the game. And I didn't realise until that point that I, I'd scored that many points in the game. And I was like, Geez, I didn't even know. But yeah, it's. it's if somebody look back on you and think, only oh, if I took that extra couple of seconds I might have been in it, but I don't yeah. mind it. I think it's Mick Nanning I think I share it with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Went through a good stage at Whitehaven, and it was, it's a bit of an honour to share him. It's nice to be in the record books up there.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. I'm going to say it's class like you're up, up there in record books. Uh, so in terms of, obviously, you've moved away through some different clubs after Whitehaven, you know, like Lee, Bradford, et cetera. With a few of them clubs, obviously, you've played against Whitehaven, being sort of like your home club, What is it like playing against them? Is it the same as any team or is there a bit of like emotional connection there? Uh,
1: It's a bit, I think the first game I was at Lee and I'd not, obviously, I played, sorry, I played a friendly against Whitehaven. As part of my deal when I signed up Huddersfield was the year after we'd go back and play a friendly. Whitehaven as part of the transfer fee or whatever it was, so Whitehaven get a bit of money that way. We played in a friendly, we actually beat them 24-22 with our academy team it was quite, Quite a surreal moment, it was a bit like tongue-in-cheek. It was because I kicked the winning kick as well. It was 22, <laughs> 22 all-in and we scored in the last minute. And then I put the kick over to win the game 24-22 and it was a bit tongue-in-cheek. And it was all good banter, like we had a bit of a laugh with the lads and that. But I remember going back with um, with Lee in 2013 and it was on Premier Sports. As it was back there, and I don't know why, I just got proper nervous. It was one of those, like, in front of the TV cameras, going back to my own town club, it was my first Proper official game against them, and uh, fortunately, I got man of the match that day, and I had a decent game. But um, I've been up there before when we played not too well, but with we up wins. And fans of the fans have let me know about it, and they're giving me a bit of banter and stuff. But it's all it's all good banter because I know three quarters of the fans in there they're all mates with my dad, and I know that they're giving me a bit of banter, and I I don't mind giving it back to them because obviously they know me from growing up. But it's uh, it was a bit a bit. You get the odd one that takes it a bit too far, and but you just get you get that in every club, and you get used to it, and you just gotta laugh and you gotta laugh it off and try and play with is what, what they have to do.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I definitely see that. You know, you do see some players when they return into clubs and they get absolutely battered by their old team and that sort of thing. But I guess if it's a bit more friendly, that sort of thing, it must be better.
1: Yeah, So definitely. I've actually had worse. I've had worse off elsewhere. I think. Uh, I think I Feverson's the worst I've ever stood. I stood on these end posts waiting for a kickoff and I've been absolutely peppered from that uh, from that open end. They've absolutely hammered me and I think that's the yeah. worst I've ever had. But it's all I've been at back a couple of times since and it's always been good band. So I have a bit of a laugh back with them and they, they take it in good heart.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. I think that's what you get with rugby league though, And it? It's definitely it's not really personal, is it? It's always a bit of, you know, good laugh with fans and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: so I guess linking to this, and I'll go back to like I'm a I'm a Bradford fan. So I remember <laughs> some of them. I'm going to talk to you about sort of what the best team you've ever played in. And as as, as an outside fan, some of them Lee teams sort of as Bradford has just come down to the Championship. Some of them games between uh, Bradford and Lee were some of the most fiery games I've ever seen. Especially where I it, think it must it have been like 2014, 2015. I think it was first game of season over at Lee, and they were bust up within first two minutes, something like that. Do you know which game I mean?
1: I think it I was Danny, w- it.
0: Danny Williams, I think it was from Bulls.
1: Yeah, and the other person was me. All right, yeah. I'm,
0: pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure it was, actually. Yeah, I just
1: didn't want to. I it was, to yeah. It, um, it was a bit of a. Obviously, it being built up as a massive game, but we were obviously going to be rivals that year, 2015. And I think we just signed Fui, Fui, Fui Moimoy, and yeah, no, just transitioned transition for the full time. So it was a big game for us, and we kind of targeted that as a bit we'll let we'll the platform down that we want to do well. Like, yeah, and obviously Bradford wanted to do the exact same thing. And yeah, I think first 10 minutes, I think there was about 25 pounties given. I think Harry, Se- Harry, is it Harry Seeker, he got Thimbin in that first 10 minutes or something. And then yeah, um, I think Danny Williams shot the ball over the line. And for some reason I started screaming in his face. It was just the hype of the day that it was like 6,000 and it was one of the biggest occasions we had at lFC And I screamed in his face and to this day, I still regret it now because it's that's not me, and I, and I shouldn't have done that. But he pushed me, so I pushed him back. And next minute, I just I just started seeing stars. He landed two on my jaw, and I was like, "What the hell was that?" It's a good job everyone come flying in because I reckon he would have put me straight on the floor, and knocked me out. And I, yeah. I I got I got punched in the face twice and got Simbin for it. I was like, "What's going on here, ref?" But so it was that that game was it was just honestly the maddest game I've played in. I know we we them away with the win in the end, and. We we, we played well in the second half, because the first half we were terrible and Bradford hammered us. But it was just one of the, looking like the craziest game I've ever played in with refereeing decisions. I don't think it, on the day, obviously, I think it was was it Joe Cobb, I think on the day, I think it was when he was just coming through. Obviously, yeah. you know, inexperienced and it was a massive game and we needed someone to grab it by the scruff of the neck. And I think we got away with some stuff and then Bradford got away with some stuff and we just started pushing boundaries and pushing it to the limits. but yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy day. But it was a good day at the end of the day as well. It, it put the Championship on the mat, uh, championship League on the map as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say I remember, because before that obviously, that was kind of my first taste of going to a Championship match, obviously, watching Bradford home away sort of in Super League and going out like, oh, is this what Championship's all about? Scrapping inside first ten minutes. And I'm pretty sure, that did that scrap end up in stand? I'm pretty sure it did, didn't it? You ended up like going over Barry or something like that. I swear, yeah, I swear yeah. it weren't fans were, all, all right, were a nightmare.
1: Good game. Uh, though, a pic- yeah. There was, yeah, there's a picture of actually I think it's Tommy Gould in our that row, is at mid punch and or just after punch and Jay Pitts is actually over the the actual advertising boards in into the north stand is into the fan. <laughs> I don't know how the Leaf <laughs> fans didn't, it didn't get involved with the Leaf fans. I don't know. They've done well to hold back but um yeah, it was a, just a pretty crazy game. I think it was about five or six yellow cards and about five hundred million penalties. It just felt like it was stop start, but I bet Bradford thought, we don't want to play in this every week because it, it was just penalty after penalty, fight after fight. But it just seemed to follow us out here. You know, I don't know why. Everywhere we went, it just followed the fight. But I know we got a lot of stick, but the majority of the time, we did not start them. It was kind of people trying to incite us to try and take us off our game and stupidly we rose to it sometimes.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say around them sort of few years, it definitely was a stigma around Lee of like, they're the sort of dirty, dirty team, that sort of thing. And I'm probably one who probably went towards it as a Bradford fan. I know a lot of Bulls fans weren't happy with it and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I do think it were a case of other teams signed. And knowing that, I'm thinking, right, well, we'll go toe to toe with you and start fights as well, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely, yeah. So,
0: Now, you go on, mate, go on, finish it.
1: No, yeah, the personnel we had were a bit of a fiery team as it was, so it didn't take much to wind us up and I was a young naive person back then as well, and I used to get a bit wound up and there was lashing out. And um, with, with a lot, of, I think Jamie Atten got banned for about five million games that we had, and um, then there was other other lads that got banned. There's, I think Sam Barlow got banned for about six or seven games as well. But it was always there was always I think it was always a applied majority of teams, especially no no respect to the lesser teams, but they thought if they brought us down to that level and try to niggle us and. Cause of issues of fights and get players sent off, the team being it would work out in their favour. But I think looking back, if we were a lot smarter, I think we'd have been probably come out with a better reputation, and maybe possibly got promoted that year, uh, like we thought we were going to do.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that, <laughs> that season you were absolutely flying, weren't you? At top of the league, I'm going to say you were doing. You definitely did better than Bradford, and as a Bradford fan, I expected us to kind of not walk it, but do a lot better than we almost did. But obviously, we got to a million pound game that year. So we performed sort of towards end, back end of the season. So, what would you say the best team you've ever played in is? You know, is it one of them lead teams? Is it you know back, further back sort of in your sort of Huddersfield days, or is it you know whereabouts did it rank, or even the yeah, Bradford um, time? You have?
1: it's tough. I've got it, it's definitely a lead team. I, I think the lead team is more than because the structure we played and how we played, how we expected ourselves was really, really suited my style. And I, The only my biggest regret, I'd I'd probably say, 2015 side um, for the way we executed our game plans and the way we threw the ball around and the way the the kind of rugby we played was must have been exciting to watch because it was exciting to play and I loved it. But my big one of the biggest regrets is the 2016. Obviously, I got injured early on in the pre the last preseason game. I snapped my LCL and I was injured a full recon. I was out for five and a half months, six months. And my biggest regrets not being able to play in a team with like Rennie Matua, uh, Harrison Hansen, Corey Patterson, um, like Willie Tonga, people like that that come through. Um, that I think that would have been special that year playing that team. It's full of star-studded names, and obviously we spent a lot of money that year, which everyone knows. But to be honest, I only played I think it was five or six games in the back, last couple of league games, and three or four in the middle eights until we got promoted, and then. Kind of change a team, but that's my biggest regret not playing in that team. I think that would probably be one of my favorite teams I've played in.
0: Yeah, definitely. I do, I do, uh, see that. I know them sort of times for Lee were really exciting, where they kind of, you kind of just knew they were going to get promoted at some, from a fan's point of view, knew they were going to get promoted at some point. It was just when and if they can put it together in sort of middle eights, because that's the thing with stuff like playoffs in it. It's like you can be dominant all season and then fall apart in playoffs. It's all about kind of how you manage under pressure, I guess. I guess
1: that's yeah, it's, yeah, it's madness. We went like. I think we got beat off. I think we lost one league game that year. I think we drew at Bradford. We lost against, I don't know, we lost London away. We went to London away and lost one league game. And I think everyone, I think the bookies had more or less paid out for us to go up. And it was like, there's still eight like games. So we knew there was still like, mid late. So there's still seven games to go. And we were like, obviously Wake, Wakefield was struggling at the time. Ulkia uh, had a few injuries after they'd been at the Challenge Cup final and stuff. And then obviously you've got Bradford and then you've got Halifax who were never easy, an easy game. Um, Salford obviously had like Rangie Chase, Harrison always handsome people like that. In so we knew down fine well it weren't going to be easy, and I think I, I think a lot of Lee fans at the time got a bit ahead of themselves, and some people at the club had got ahead of themselves, and more or less got us promoted, and they were planning for Super League, and we'd not quite made it yet. But that was disappointing that year because I thought we, we, I don't know if it was we tried too hard during the league, and we we busted bodies, and we were that tired when we come to midlands, we just looked tired and. I think that first defeat, I think I remember we got beat our first. Look, yeah, I think we went 22-4 up with 20 minutes to go. And if we just see that game out, I think it's a totally different story. But that defense, they came back, they defeated us, that defeat, and then we went to Salford away, got beat, and then back our edge you're thinking, hang on a second, we've, we've not lost a game. We've lost one game all year and we've lost two on the bounce. It was, right. Like, we're not used to that sort of environment and it was just a bit negative. And then Wakefield come, who we were tipped to, actually replaced they beat us seventeen, sixteen with the least mid drop goal and it's like, Oh, here we go, we've we've got to do it the hard way and we just I think we lost all confidence. I think we went to Halifax after that and got beat there and obviously the Bradford came to our spot and we had to win to have a chance of a million pound game even if it was just a win. and obviously Bradford turned up in the day and they were better than us. It was just one of those we 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 were mentally gone, physically gone at that point. And I think the 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 club realised that at that point that, at the End of the year, looking back, roles. I know you left at the start of the year before, but pre-season was a lot more smarter. It was all focused on what we're going to do to the back end of the year. The first six months was always going to be hard for us uh, physically and try and get into it was into ready for the middle air uh, for the middle age, which fortunately that plan that plan worked out quite well because we got promoted.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say definitely. Like I've said, looking back at them lead teams, some at best sort of championship teams that you'll see, really. I know championship's probably stronger as a whole as it what is now, but then some of them, I think, even Bradford team back then as well, I thought they were two standout teams in that league, definitely. So, in terms of, obviously, you played a lot of your career sort of in the championship, who would you say the best player is that you've ever played against? Like, who's been the hardest to deal with and that sort of thing? Yeah,
1: this one, please. Um. Uh, probably uh, from a from a full-back's point of view, when we played in the middle eights and we played against Danny Brough, it was a nightmare. Obviously, he's got one of the biggest boots you've seen. He can move a ball in ways that David Beckham can't even move away Some in some ways where way he kicks the ball. Um, so he's probably, uh, this is a full to deal with. But I remember when we played in the first game in 2015 and all I got drilled into my head that week was, you mark League Askell, you watch League Askell's kicks and you win us this game. And So, in my head, I, I had it on my wrist. I write things on my wrist, but I need to remember it game. And it was Stop League Gaskell, you win this game. And I remember just following him around the field and, and watching his kicks because he kept grubbering and scoring like crazy tries, really, all in pre season and obviously all during the year. And he was one that was always made to make sure we look out for. But um, as, a, as a championship player, I used to hate playing against Menzi because oh, yeah. <laughs> used to come flying out for me every single time when I was out the back and he he picked me up about four times and dropped me on the head about four times as well and I still don't know how he didn't get a banner sent off for them, but he just gets up and just smiles, he's one of the nicest guys you'll meet as well and
0: yeah,
1: yeah one one game in 2015, someone put a kick up, I have caught it and as I went to catch it, I walked up and he's coming steaming at me with his head down. I'm thinking, oh God, I'm gonna die. I don't know what it was. I don't know if someone ran in front of me or what, or there was some barrier placed in front of me, but it bounced off me, and I was thinking, oh my God, I've just bounced ear off. And about eighty stone, eighty kg, wet through, and he's about hundred and twenty, and I'm thinking, wow, that just happened. But he was always the one I always uh, hated playing against because I always knew I was gonna get hurt against him.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna say, uh, do you do you find that when you saw a, some of the championship teams, kind of the players that. You know, there's some big bruising forwards as well isn't there, in the championship. You know, there's some big fellas knocking about.
1: Yeah, there's uh, there's all every I think every club in the championship has a big pack and there's always someone that one team one player from each team just wants to knock your head off all the time, and it's always <laughs> you know it ends up being my head that they always try and knock off. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I just annoy them, but there's always someone that wants to have a go, and as I say, it's normally me that cops it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So going away from sort of your club rugby for a little bit. Obviously you have represented Ireland, sort of, what's it like representing Ireland internationally and that sort of thing, international rugby league?
1: Oh, it's brilliant. I'd, honestly, they we always, they always say that like, we'll get together, it's best time of the year, because we always say this, there's not, it's not like club level pressure, there's not the week in, week out. Yeah, you, you are representing your country and you are want to do well and you do want to still qualify for the World Cup. Well, this year, in our case, we wanted to do well in the World Cup and it's a massive, expectations on ourselves that we've, we've put on ourselves to do well um, but it's just the best time of the year because you get get with people you don't normally play play with you get people you, you argue with you get people that you whack with you whack it, you whack them in a game and then you meet up with them at the end of the year and it's just fantastic it's it's just a different culture we all have a laugh we all know the pressure of, of the season that's gone on and it's just nice to go there and refresh and have a, have a bit of a laugh with some different faces and there's never any egos. It's always always get on and and it's always good after a game as well because you always get to have a good drink in Dublin, which is always nice for a big pint of Guinness.
0: <laughs> yeah, mate, that's, that sounds class to be fair. So obviously played a decent few sort of caps for Ireland. Who sort of list off some of the best sort of players you've played with for Ireland? Like who's stood out to you? Player that you may is there any players that you think maybe at club level you've never really got chance to play with, but you're glad that you have a international level if you get one.
1: Yeah, uh I'll name him one straight away, Liam Finn. He tormented me when he was at Fev. He was half out I was at fullback and played a bit half against him at White and at Lee. Uh but he, the way he used to run a game, he used to he, he used to we used to call him a, he wears a the dinner because he never used to get tackled. Even when he did, he used to score a try and it was just he just controlled the tempo of the game and he never had that he never looked like he had that bit of pace and I always thought he could step up to Super League. He didn't go until he was a bit later on in his years and still performed there so it was it was nice to play with Finney and pick his brains and see where he looks at rugby or which way he looks at rugby and try and help that towards my career and so that was great to play with people like um Simon Griggs. I ended up I only played a couple of games with Simon but just his professionalism and learning from him it was great and good to see him and now going into coaching and doing well at Halifax and his brother Scott he's he was a bit of a mentor for me. He's, I come through with and Transition from the full from half back to full back, and uh, it was just after Brett Hodgson left, and it was rather it was we were told kind of it was going to be me or him. Obviously, I knew it was going to be Scott because he had a lot more experience than me, and he but he wasn't one of those that just kind of oh well, he wants my spot I'm not going to listen to him. He literally taught me through every session, he, every bit of skill he was there trying to you do this great try this, and he was just brilliant for me coming, coming through as a young kid, and. Can't thank him enough for what he's done. He's and even when we went to Ireland, he's still guiding me around and trying to help me out. and I've always been very appreciative of what Scott's done, and I've always been a big fan of his career, followed it wisely. Um, and there's players like Tyrone McCarthy, uh, Bob Bezic, uh, Cy Finnegan was there, um, who I played with at Lee and played with Ireland with, which was good. Uh, there's, there's a few more, I, I just can't remember who they are now because we've had that many that play for Ireland.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. So Obviously, for Ireland, I guess as well as obviously you're playing with different sort of players than you would at club level. What about the players you're playing against at international level? Is there anyone that stands out too that you've played against there that you wouldn't get the chance to play against sort of a championship super league level?
1: Um, Yeah, there's one that stands out. I remember we played Wales. I think we went down with a bit of a an unrecognisable team. We had a few come up flew over from actual Ireland and Ireland domestic lads and. They're a bit of a rugby union, rugby league players. And we went to Wales away, and I think it was just a friendly. Then at the went and beat 34-0. But he had his back rower playing, and he was making his Wales debut, and he scored our trick inside the first 12 minutes. And I never really thought anything of him. I just thought he must be a good player of him. It wasn't until I started watching State of Origin and then watching the Aussie team, it was Tyson Frizzell. And oh, yeah, I remember I he used back... to play
0: for Wales, yeah.
1: Yeah, looking back, and I was thinking, oh, my God, he was one. Massive humor. I remember he brought the line and I tackled around his legs, and it was like a bit like Michael Jordan and on space jam. He had to just stretch his arm out and just put ball down. So it must have been about ten meters out, and I don't know if it was that or he actually dragged me ten meters with me around his legs. I don't know what it was, but it was probably the latter. But yeah, it was just people like him it was just a good to play against, and I'm trying to think of who else. A lot, a lot of the French lads. We put when I did the debut and it was a lot of the French lads like Tony Gigol were coming through. Um, like Remy Casty, people like that have all been at the highest level, and it would be good to test myself against people like that as well.
0: Yeah, so do you think, like you've said about in terms of behind the scenes, like with the players and that, it's a bit more chilled out for internationals? What about the actual games? Do you think they're more chilled out, or is there a bit of an extra edge to them with them being sort of international and more pride at stake? That sort of thing.
1: No, there's definitely no relaxing with the games. It's, it's definitely full on. It's, I remember making my debut and obviously got Irish family, my nanny and grandmother are Irish and uh, on my dad's side and I've got a bit of Irish on my mum's side as well. And I know how much it meant to them for me to wear that green shirt and sing that national and I just remember being on TV and my mum said, what you crying during that national anthem? I said, yeah, I, just, I couldn't help myself, it's it's made me proud and I'm a proud Irish player and that, I'm, I'm proud of my family and where I've come from. and." It's uh it definitely sets you up a lot more and obviously when you, even when you hear them on, like on a Six Nations reunion you've got sixty thousand singing it even the airs on the back of my neck sit, sit up there and I'll I'll be sat there watching it weirdly really singing it and the kids will go Dad will you just shut up Cause I'm singing an Irish national anthem but it's yeah it's, it definitely adds a bit to the edge because obviously everyone's representing the families it's not just the club and the, the fans and it's it's the whole country you represent and you want to do the pr- country proud and. Do the right thing for them, and it's, so there's no definite. um You don't relax when you go into them games. It's pretty full on because if you, if it you is if you do relax, you get found out because the international games are definitely a step higher, which we're probably going to find out even more this year. with in our group, we've got Lebanon, which is obviously going to have people like jo- uh, Josh Monceau from uh, Penrith, and probably a horse more of Aussies that can't get an Aussie team, and then we've got <laughs> yeah, uh, true, New yeah. Zeal- got New Zealand, obviously, been know. New Zealand, are about, and then Jamaica. have got another strong squad. They've got a lot of Super League players that are in there, and people have have been at the highest level. and it's, it's going to be a test, and I'm just looking forward to going there and having a good dig.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm going to say it is going to be interesting this World Cup this year because I think we saw it kind of at the last World Cup how nations such as Lebanon and even sort of Ireland as well. I know you wasn't part. Well, you was injured, weren't you, for that squad for World Cup? Was you?
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> Weirdly, we we, we got re, really. i like had been told I was going to be selected, uh, and then we got relegated in a million pound game on the Sunday, is it Sunday or Saturday? And then we were out on our end of season due. Uh, and I got an email saying I wasn't selected, and I was like, Oh, so I've been relegated, and then I've been told I'm not going to Australia for a month. So I was like, It was a bit double whammy from that day, but yeah, I didn't get selected that time. The time before I had to pull out because I had work, I was part time, and I couldn't afford to take a month off, um, work to to rebuild and stuff I had to pay and support the family, so hopefully this year it's gonna be third time looking I get to represent Ireland and hopefully on the big stage, get to uh show what we're all about, yeah,
0: definitely I'm gonna say i have I did look into that as sort of why you want it sort of in the squad and I have seen an article somewhere saying that you were like pulled out you was meant to be in the squad, but you pulled out for injury, so someone someone's obviously got the sauce wrong somewhere, yeah, but, yeah. Like I say though, it is you can see how the international game is progressing with teams such as Ireland, that squad that they had there, obviously if you couldn't get into it, that shows how good the squad obviously were and that sort of thing. So it's definitely going to be an interesting World Cup. So going into more of the sort of sort of loose stuff, more enjoyment sort of side of it. What's obviously you've been on quite a few away days, I'm sure, whether it's with sort of the Ireland lads or with Lee or Bradford or whichever. What um have you got what's your best away day story? I'll say where something funny has happened or just crazy, you know what I mean, that sort of thing.
1: I think every every day I've been at Leeds, been a crazy day. I think it's always been a story or something, knocking around. Um, there's there's one that sticks in mind. It was um, it was a preseason training camp. It was. Will it have just been? Yeah. No, I don't know if it will have been just leading up the a few weeks before we played Bradford. Or it was a, the year after. I think it was a. First year we played Bradford, and we, yeah, it was then. So we went to, um, was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it was because Fui came. It was Fui's first first time we ever met Fui. I'll, I'll start on that first, actually. So we're all we were all at a training around this athletics track, and all these athletes who running around triathlons and sprinters and that are all priming for like European championships and that. And we're some pub rugby team in the middle, as we used to call ourselves, just in the middle of training and then. Um, this big guy starts walking over and like big afro and stuff. And we're like, Who the hell's this? I got a clue where this is He's walking over. And then we got there and realised he had a leaky on. i like, That's Fu Fu like, We didn't get told he was coming out. We thought he was making uh, meetings when we get back, but apparently he flew out early. I've never seen a group of lads, rugby players professionally, run over with the phones to a player who's in their own team and start taking selfies with them. We're all really? <laughs> just like, What's, what's going on? Fu Fu was playing with me and we're all taking selfies. He must have thought, what have I come to? Because I'm not used to this, obviously, with my own team and stuff. So it was a bit of a surreal moment with him. And then later on that week, we did a triathlon. So we did a bit of a, I think it was a bit of a, but it wasn't even a, a, bad, a bad swim. It was a bit of a swim, run up, pick your uh, bike up. We go top of this mountain and back. It was, I'm not the best swimmer, so I was at the back. So I can't swim. Um, they always say cats can't swim. And that's why I am apparently a cat, so I couldn't swim. So then we got on our bike and, everyone's on these road bikes and I've been left with, with a mountain bike. So I'm going to this massive mountain and they're all flying down with their heads, with their helmets on that streamline, looking down and <laughs> taking no air whatsoever. And I'm just there, like I'm on a casual ride on my bike. So I got this top back, come back down. Uh, we did a bit of a run around the track and then we finished. Uh, I think we had a beer waiting for us at the end to stay well done. And then we got told there was no more drinking that night. Obviously we were going, going back home in the morning and but there was a disco. We used to call it the Disco Tech. It was called. It was a nightclub on the site, and it was in the middle of nowhere, And there was this nightclub, and it was open that night. And we were like, right, end of this week, we're going there. So, he said, no drinking. Uh, if you're having a couple by the bar once that once you've had them couple, got yourselves off to bed, and we'll get yourself sorted in the morning. Well, you can imagine saying that to like 26 rugby lads who have not had a drink all week, and they're in, they're abroad. They've got no one around them. No one telling they can't have a drink uh, with no kids in that there. Well, we've all kind of snuck a few beers back to our rooms and then we thought one o'clock should we go to La Disco Tech and see what it's like well I, wa- I started walking we got there and I thought right I'm going to go back to room uh I can't remember I think I'd left my phone on charge so I'll come back to the room to get my phone as I walk back Rolls is walking around with three coaching staff it stops me what what are you doing oh I'm just just going to give, I think I was rumoured with Riddy, Martin Riddy at that time, I was going to give Riddy his, uh, his card to get in. Because he left his, lefties. he went, well, yeah, I said, oh, he's just down there playing cards. I said, all right, then, no worries. Um, and he just started saying, oh, how was the day gone? Do you enjoy a triathlon? I was like, yeah, yeah, talking, talking to him. And I just looked up behind, I just, something caught my eye behind him. And on top of this, they had a supermarket there, and you had to walk through an arch to get to the uh, discotheque. And because we were stood there, no one could get there. And I've looked, and Riddy's on top of this roof waving at me, laughing, just going shh, like that, ah, laughing, and he starts doing cartwheels across his supermarket roof in the middle, middle of our estate, uh, and then next minute I say, don't rest that lads, run across this roof, jumping over, and you can just hear bang, 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 jump, and Rolls was like, what's that? I said, oh, nothing, no one's gone past us. Oh, lads have climbed up this ladder, jumped across, run across supermarket roof, jump over just to get to um, nightclub on the other side, and Rolls was like, oh, and I was like, oh, Rolls, I'm going to have to go now, I'm a bit tired, and that's So he left, and he walked back to his room thinking that, Everyone was in the rooms and everyone had ran behind him over this ladder across this uh, across this supermarket roof and jumped over and gone to the nightclub. We had a, well, say we had a right night then anyway. And then in the morning we woke up and realised we were all hung over. I think he realised what happened.
0: Yeah, it's like kids on a school trip isn't it by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, when you're exactly. on a school trip and you're
0: trying to sneak past teachers and all that sort of thing. Oh, that's cool. yeah. That's a quality story, is that?
1: No, it's yeah, it's one of my favourite ones, especially with Martin, because obviously I get along well with Martin, and it was just funny because. Saying about him because we were all stuck together and it was just him doing cartwheels. and I was thinking, what? Why is he doing cartwheels? And I couldn't keep a straight face And Rolls was like, What's wrong with you? I'm like, He said, You're drunk. I went, No, no, not drunk. But I was wasn't bothered about me being caught being drunk. i was more bothered about him being caught doing cartwheels on top of a, a supermarket in a place with a lot of the security guards around.
0: Oh, dear. I wish that, that, is, quali- that is quality. That is quality. I, mean, I, I wish. I bet you wish as well. Someone had a video, video footage or something of that to spread around. But that's yeah, quality, definitely. Is so I guess kind of staying on that sort of topic, obviously you've played in a few teams, in been in a few different sort of dressing rooms, that sort of thing. Who's the biggest joker you've ever played
1: with? Biggest joker? There's a few. There's a, there's a few that come to mind. There's, at Lee, it was Liam Kaye was a bit of a joker, but Sam Barlow was one of the biggest. At Lee. he, had a, he, he, he put, I can't remember who's got Jamie Austin's car. I think it was. I think him and Johnny Walker put two chicken fillets up his uh, exhaust pipe. And he blew his exhaust, his exhaust pipe out one year, and tried to blame everyone else. He was just doing ra- just random things. He just everyone had do it with our Um, trying to think, who was at Um, Bradford. There was always someone. Someone. I, I was. I was trying to do stuff with Garst. Mighty side, Hands down. We had a we had a uh, was it dice rolls. If you obviously if you were late or you got accused of doing something like oh you didn't push or something like that in a game and. Someone throw you under the bus, and you get you have to do a dice roll. One of the dice rolls was um, like a hot sauce, like a hot chili sauce. It was the hottest one. I think they brought it off eBay. It cost about twenty quid. It was the hottest sauce in the world, or something. So anyway, Liam Kirk ends up rolling it, getting this number. I think it was a six or something like that. So like right, get a get a. It was like um like a squirty veil sort of thing. So he's got it. He's put it underneath his tongue. He's put it on. Then you've got to leave it thirty seconds. So whilst he's done that, Matty has picked this this um, this sauce up, and he's opened. He's got a bottle of um, Lucashead next to him. Kirk, he thinks. It, obviously, he knows what's going to happen. He needs a drink after it because he's only allowed to, not allowed to drink for thirty seconds. But anyway, has screwed his top off. He's dropped about three massive veils of this chili sauce in his Lucashead. Tied his lid back on, put it down. He went, hey, get yourself a drink. You've been 30 seconds. So he's there squigging his bottle, Luke his head down. And his eyes are crying. His face is bright red. And he's just going, oh, I can't can't take it anymore. It's not stopping. It's not stopping. He went, no, have some more, have some more. And he doesn't know, but he's got like triple the amount of what he's had in his tongue in his bottle. And he's just down on it. He's making it even worse. Gas is there laughing his head off. I think Turkey was so that it was at, um, at... where we were training, I think he was there for about an hour and a half after, because he couldn't literally couldn't move off the uh, dressing room um, seats. And then uh, Gas is there, just laughing and ringing me, saying, "Did you see what? I did? did you see what I did?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was just he was just brilliant. Gas is good and stuff like that. And he always he always he, I think he once put between him and Michael Piper, it was Kitman at Bradford he, they put a protein shake into my uh, windscreen uh, cleaner. So when I've, I'm in, I'm in the middle of the motorway driving home and I start putting my wife a washer on and it comes out with chocolate uh, protein so all my, I can't see a thing in the middle of the M62 because there's just <laughs> chocolate protein all on my windscreen I have to pull over and get a bottle of water of I mean, the I mean, me, side of my pocket I had I just had to run it all over my windscreen and just drive home with no I couldn't see a thing I just had chocolate protein on my car for about three weeks
0: there they they was always up
1: to no good then at Bradford
0: oh that's quality is that <laughs> So in terms of, would you is, have you got any other stories from when you were at Bradford or anything like that before we sort of move on now to sort of back at Whitehaven, that sort of thing? Uh,
1: not that I can think of. I did try to get pipes back with that. I bought a, a, a clamp, a car clamp. I thought I need to go bigger against him here because he used to tie it. I don't know if anyone's seen it on my Instagram. He tied my boot up once with, a, with brown tape. I had a pair of brand new pumas. I proper buzzing with them, like lime green ones. I think yeah, I wore them a couple of times. So Pipes Man I taped them both together and then taped it dead tight with brown tape on the top and I couldn't get it off for months. I don't think I wore them again that year because he just he abused me, he abused me, um, my stuff. Um, So I bought, I bought a car clamp and I, I said to Garth, I'm going to use it one day when he's at odds because he used to leave his car uh, where we trained. I can't think of his name now. Used to leave his car where we trained and drive the van with all the kit into Oddsall. So I knew if I did the van at Oddsall, he wouldn't be able to get back to his car uh, where we were training. So I went to get it once. I think, I think, I think, he, I think he caught me, and I was absolutely fuming. And I had just clamping my hand, thinking, "Oh God, that would have been the best trick ever." And I, still to this day, I wish I got him because he, he wouldn't have been able to move, and I'd have, I'd have just left him at Oddsall. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone back. I wouldn't have helped, him. I'd have been straight down at M62 back to Lee. I've just been sat at home eating my pizza or whatever I was after a game laughing at him. I wish it happened. Oh,
0: that's, that's quality is that. So, obviously, away from that sort of sort of funny side of it and that sort of thing. Now, obviously, you're back at Whitehaven now. Obviously, we're back last season, but I mean, last season we're a bit of a write off anyway. So, what's it like to be back, sort of back up in Cumbria, back at Whitehaven?
1: It's great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, last couple of years obviously been frustrating. Um, obviously with the situation at home and stuff obviously leaving Bradford. Um yeah. then I went back went back to Lee. Uh sort of played three or four months and then I just couldn't couldn't get a game. I my form weren't great but I was training hard and just still couldn't get back in the team it was just frustrating. I, I kinda of fell out of love with rugby with it. Um and then obviously went again for the year after and obviously Forrest was a big big party pooper and stopped everyone from playing rugby and having a bit of fun and the pandemic and obviously everyone had to um, lock down and obviously we couldn't get the season started back up with costs and stuff because obviously our league's only being part-time and a few of them are full-time so it was frustrating it kind of kind of almost i missed it but then in the back of my head i'm thinking you know what i'm actually enjoying being at home with the family all the time and um obviously i knew it wouldn't last like that because obviously if i'd have to get a job one day and um come to the real world as everyone calls it around, or my mates call it. Um, so I just kind of fell out of love for a bit. For a bit and and then the, I, I, it's not actually well known, but I actually signed at the end, I think it was September uh, September time, I'd actually signed at Ottawa. So I was all for, because we were based in Preston, um, gonna give Ottawa and go and see how it went, because it was the only club I had at the time, full time. And obviously I didn't have any any jobs lined up. Uh, obviously that fell through. Um, and fortunately, I got offered a deal at Whitehaven. They were obviously interested before, but I didn't have a job and I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and I was thinking about securing my family and just being able to pay bills and just be in the house and things like that. Um, so Whitehaven came along, and unfortunately, I think a couple of years after that, I got offered a teaching job, which is my dream job in the future. I was want to be going to teach. I want to be a PE teacher or a maths teacher, believe it or not. I only can only count the six at the moment. I'm a rubber player. I can only count the six, but it's a start, um. So I've always wanted to go into teaching. So it would Whitehaven came in and just kind of snapped their hand off and said, "Oh, it's it's an arm the 30 now, and obviously league's not forever. So I need to start looking at my future." And Whitehaven agreed and said so that they'd help me out with obviously the situation at home and uh, if I need to, in his mist because of of the wife and and the kids and stuff, I, I can do and train when train when I can really. But been pretty fortunate. I've been able to train a lot. Um, obviously, with work and work, what helped me out around the situation because we understand I've got rugby and commitments at home, so they've helped me out massively. So, I just can't thank both my, my job and uh, the club enough for what they've done.
0: Oh, that's great! That that it kind of that gives a really good insight on sort of play, like from a player's point of view, what it's actually like. Bit Covid's been like in terms of there is, no, there is no work, where obviously you can't play or anything like that, and then obviously. The semi-pro players as well whatever, depending on what sort of the trade is or what they do there's not much work there either i imagine it's not ideal especially with kind of the cutthroat nature of i guess professional oh, sport yeah. in general anyway and you know what i mean it's not
1: it's yeah, not ideal massive, at all massive yeah it's, i think it was julyish time and there was people being announced and people were signing players like obviously a lot of clubs were signing up thinking obviously we are gonna sign the squad up early because of covid and they don't want to lose anyone and Mine just seemed to drag on and drag on and drag on. And I was at the point where I think it was September. And obviously, I was on a one year deal which ended in November. And I was thinking, I'm not going to have a club, I'm not going to have a job because I had no real qualification. I have a qualifications, but there were nothing that like I can jump into a job that should be able to, to bump me and my family. So I was panicking. It was, I can't believe the stress that was going on. It was nights, sometimes I'm not going to afraid to say it. There were nights where I was sat there crying, thinking, what's my future old? and I was thinking I don't want to go into a job where I'm going to hate, and sometimes you have to do that in life. You have to go into a job where, no disrespect to anyone who stacks shelves, but you're stacking shelves and you're working overtime, you're working nights, you must work for your family. But for the situation I I've got here, I want to be as home as much as possible. And fortunately, I found, I've fortunately, landed on my feet as it as it so to say, And I've got a club that understands, and I've got a job that understands. And I'm 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 teaching Monday to Friday, and I've got weekends off with playing with the family, which I'm. Really enjoying, and it's uh, it's definitely a lot harder than being full time. I'm, I'm going to work, getting up at half six, going to work, and getting home at well, going to get a finish at four, but sometimes I'm not leaving until half four, half five, six o'clock. Sometimes getting home, and it's hard being able to to come home and unwind, and when you've had a hard, stressful day, and then some days you've got obviously you've got to concentrate go to Whitehaven and train. So it it is hard, and I, I have a lot of respect for the part time players. I've obviously part time before, but I didn't really have a full time job. And lads that have been doing it for years and years, I can't do anything but tip my hat to them because people that are been full time all their lives, playing Super League, have, have never really experienced what these lads do and what they do and make the game as exciting and turn up every week and make the, the competition what it is. It it's just really should appreciate them and should be some recognition for them, lads.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think recently, in sort of past sort of five or so years. Which has probably come with the emergence of the championship as being more kind of mainstream rugby league. Definitely, with the teams that have gone down and how the teams have got better, a lot of players kind of there's a bit more awareness out there for players now. It seems of like even if you need to step down to championship and go semi pro or that sort of thing, and kind of the life after after rugby. Really, I think there's a lot more out there now than there probably were four, five, ten years ago. Definitely, which I thinks definitely, yeah, definitely. good. I
1: had, um, yeah. Yeah. Um... A big thanks to, i to give out to Steve McCormack. Obviously, with the situation with Ottawa and stuff like that, I was in a pretty dark place. I'm not gonna lie, because I, thought I had a contract and a job, and and then obviously having been out without having a job and trying to sign at Whitehaven and things like that, it was it was just him to just have that, just that talking to and just having that ear, and obviously the wife and the family and that have always been brilliant to listen to me and help me along the way, and always supported me and I can't thank them enough but sometimes you need an outside view and Steve was brilliant with that, he thought through what I should do next and where I need to go and who I need to speak to and, and, and of me people to talk to like people at Sporting Chance if I needed to and things like that and it's, it's great the RFL I've got things like that to help in place and I know, a few years ago it was kind of you get dropped and that's it, you're out there on the streets and no one no one wants to help you get back and do any job or any, any kind of club. And, you just got to fend for yourself, and but there's definitely systems in place now which will help people in the future, especially the younger generation, and hopefully they won't have any mental health issues. Well, as much mental health issues with it going along after the rugby league life.
0: Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So going on now, kind of a question for this coming season with Whitehaven, which hopefully is looking good, COVID-wise and everything like that. Season obviously starts up in a sort of week, a couple of weeks. So you're you're 41 points from 1,000 career points. Are you hitting that this year?
1: I've done it I've done it have you do- have you done it? Yeah, I've done it I've done it yeah, I've done it last year I, I, apparently I did it last year anyway I got told it was I needed two I was on nine hundred and ninety nine no, I was on nine hundred and ninety nine I think when we played Hughesville last year, and there was everyone was wishing me to go over and score, but yeah, I think we ended up playing Sheffield the week after and we scored in the last minute, and Ben Reynolds said do you want to kick it and i was in I was in halfway between touchline and six, and it was one of those you think. Yeah, you should kick this easy. But there's a good chance you can miss it. It's one of them I missed at Fev and I missed that for that record. And I thought to myself, yeah. and he went to do you, do you want to take it? And I went, not really, because it's one of these I should kick, and I'm not going to kick it with all this pressure. Because you're <laughs> literally stood five meters away from me, going, Greg, don't miss, don't miss. And luckily, I kicked you. Some say, some say, it just creeped over, but it went through the the post for me. So it, that's all that matters, and I ended up getting it. And so yeah, so I'm I've been on, on 1,001 points, I think it is now. Um. I've not scored since, so I'm stuck on that for a while, I think.
0: Yeah, so in terms of Whitehaven this season, how, how are you, obviously? I mean, I, in, when we did the, on the podcast, when we did the, our predictions for the championship, I actually did have Whitehaven quite high up, I think should do really well. So, like, how do you think Whitehaven are going to do this year? How do you how do you think, sort of, obviously, you're training with the boys, you're playing with the boys and that sort of thing. How's it How's it looking? Is look all looking good? or?
1: yeah definitely yeah it's it's surprised me not disrespectfully it surprised me how the quality of life. Obviously, I've not been back home I don't see I've not seen, seen whitehaven play for the last few years and there's a lot of youth youth players coming through and it's there's a lot of old the players that have been there when I was there as well it's good to see and the structure they've got in place and what they're building and the plans for the future really is good it's it's obviously it's always slow with haven it's there's a there's a, a lack of and obviously, up there with from the RFL sort of thing that they should kind of throw into a Cumbria Rugby League. If you work it in your Barrows and your bar- Whitehaven should be being pushed to, to have a Cumbrian team in Super League for me. There's a wealth of talent up there and it just gets bypassed and they end up signing at places like Wigan, Saints, Leeds, Bradford. I think James Ormson, for example, he went down there and he'd have been a great signer for Whitehaven, obviously coming through. And I think he was at scholarship with me at the time. And so you lose a lot of talent like that. and... But this this year there's there's abundance of talent again, and Charles has got a real good squad going. We've got I think we've got a big squad. I think we've got a squad of 28, 30. I think we've got. Um, obviously, we we're, we're, I think we're expecting a lot of knocks and niggles. Obviously, we had no one playing for twelve months. We found out the weekend we we played Newcastle in the pre season friendly, and it, it was tough. The new rules, back to six, and getting used to kicking kicking the ball out and being able to stand in the middle of the field with the ball is just weird again, and. Um, and obviously it's proved at it the weekend with the uh, with the big big squads going to be needed because obviously we had, Newcastle obviously had a bad injury to one of the young kids, which want to wish him a speedy recovery. I think Oli Gro- Ollie I think his name is, and just want to wish him a speedy yeah. recovery and obviously get gets back from that soon. Um, but obviously every club's going to have a lot of knocks, and I think it's, uh, the, the thing with Championship is, it's, it's, yeah, you've got your Toulouse's and your Fez who spend big money, and then you've got York and Halifax behind him. But anyone can beat anyone on the day, and that's what I love about it. It's not you go to Super League, and it's like, like you're watching the sky, and you're like, Oh, these lots should beat these lot, and they're saying should beat these, Wigan should beat these. And it's not like that in Championship. Anyone can beat anyone. You just, if you're not 100% on that day, and someone turns up a couple of percent better than you and on the ball with it, they, they will turn you over. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I think Swinton went to uh, Toulouse of the other year and beat Toulouse, and they were of the table at that time, and no one expected that. So it, it can happen. So you need to be on your game, and we know that. And, we, the, everyone says a bit of advantage of right? Whitehaven because you've got a three-hour travel, and no one likes playing on our pitch because in winter, or well, winter months, it, it's it's boggy, it's it's big. It's, it, we've always got a big park, we always go down the middle, but I think we've de- developed a lot more over the years. Now Whitehaven right? evan have got this, especially this year, we have got a lot more about a lot more mobile pack and we've got a lot more ball players, and hopefully we can we can we can get a few team, big teams at home, and. Cause some upsets and just make sure we try and win our own games and and pick a few away games off and see where it takes us. Because I don't, I, as I said, I don't think anyone will anyone will break away from apart from obviously the fevers and to and in and Maybe Alice Hatches. I think the rest of them are all be pretty close together and they will be they will just be a very tight league. Anyone could beat anyone, as I say.
0: Yeah, I definitely see that. And I think even like you said, Newcastle, even a team like that who've come up and the way they've strengthened as well and kind of they're bringing in kind of. Super League players who maybe it didn't work out in Super League. They're a bit sort of the young players who maybe haven't made it sort of first team Super League in and you know sort of strong, squ- strong squads and that. So what I'm going to ask you is yesterday um, against uh, Newcastle in the friendly, you were playing halves, weren't you? I saw.
1: Did you play yeah, yeah. If we had a if we had a one of our Ki- Kiwi injury. Uh, sorry, Kiwi halfbacks would come over. We just had a bit of a back niggle and it was not quite risking It was one of those games that you could have played, but. He, uh, we just had to rest him and he asked me to step up and it was kind of not my official second debut but making a, another debut at halfback again and pulling out a shirt and a special moment just walking out and seeing all no fans there and stuff and it wasn't even on, on Facebook or anything like that or our league app to watch but it was, yeah it was just a proud moment to walk out and it was, it's, I don't mind the old game at, uh, at halfback sorry, it's, it's nice to get back and try and the game for another angle instead of running around like headless chicken at full-back trying to get not get my head wiped off and trying and control the game and try and play in a bit of a dinner suit that a lot of our backs have done over the years so it was a nice nice change but um hopefully not something I'll stick to in the future I hope.
0: Yeah I am going to say I am going to ask you is that going to be a sort of a trend for this season or do you think it'll kind of be sporadically when you sort of needed to fill in? Um I,
1: Just speak to Charlo I think he, he, he wants me at fullback I'm I'm hoping anywhere. I'll twist his arm so hopefully and make him play me there. But as I say I I have done it at other clubs like at Lee I, I I'll play anywhere as long as I get a shirt on and I get to play a game with rugby. I think I played on a wing a couple of year, a couple of times a couple of years ago at Lee. Um not saying I enjoyed it. It was one of those uh, a game uh, games that we we won and it was happy to be involved and I'd be on the field but not my position I can I feel like I can help with and try and Change a game, sort of, and help help a result at the end. But it's something I, I'm willing to play a back if needed. One of those positions. It's very similar to fullback. A lot less running and all that, but a lot more tackling, which obviously suits my big frame and I'll be able to knock everyone around like I, <laughs> I can do.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So just to sort of close off, what we're going to do is, obviously, this weekend it's obviously round one at Challenge Cup. So. We're going to just go through fixtures and we'll kind of. I'll just ask you for a w- one word prediction of each game, so I'll go through. Yeah. So, London, Keithley, what are you reckoning?
1: Keithley looked really good, you know. I'm going really like, to stick my neck on the line and say Keithley, you know, because I know London obviously are full time and stuff, but I think Keithley have recruited very well, and I know Scott Morrell didn't play at the weekend. and... Um he's he's experiencing around the the game and I don't know what level he's played, I think it could be a deciding factor and I think it's with Scott Murrell, that that fast track suits him as well, so I think he'll go alright.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. <laughs> uh I'll I'll say London, but I mean I watched the Bradford Bradford Keefley game and Keefley did look really good to be fair. I can see I could see them getting up from League One to be honest. Got yeah. them recruited really well. So Next up, one that you're obviously going to be involved in, Whitehaven Dewsbury. I'm assuming you're backing, backing the boys.
1: I can't say Dewsbury, can I? Because I probably get sacked and I get hated. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's be tough. Uh, obviously, Whitehaven's last game, of, uh, I think it was 380 days ago, was against Dewsbury, and in a Challenge Cup, and Dewsbury got one over on us. So hopefully, we get to return a favour this weekend, and hopefully, um, get the win and kickstart our season because we win that and then move on to the next round and we're into the start of the season so we we want to start well and, but it'll be no, no easy game to be obviously a tough team led by obviously Liam Finn and Paul Sykes who are bags of experience so we just need to keep our eyes on them and hopefully we'll come away with a win
0: Yeah definitely I'll, I'll stick with Whitehaven as well I won't go against
1: him, yeah, It's right? a good idea <laughs> Good decision
0: So next up Alden versus Barrow A
1: tough one That I think Barrow have signed very well. They've uh, they've recruited well. They've gone for a big push this year as well. But um, I'm yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm to being a Cumbrian in me, I'm gonna go Barrow. Uh,
0: I'll go Alden, but I think Oldham have looked they've not looked too bad in friendlies. But I do think they may struggle in in Championship potentially. But again, against Barrow, they'll want to get off to a good start as every team will. Next, West Wales witness, which is one with a bit of a talking point. We've obviously. Gavin Henson and Rangi Chase making their debuts for West Wales. So can you see an upset in this one?
1: Uh I'm I'm interested to see how Gavin Henson goes. Um I don't know because he's obviously played the highest level Rubunion. I don't think he realizes what the level that obviously gonna be playing in League One, what the level's gonna be like. He's he's gonna get whacked off the ball, whether he knows it or not, he's gonna get <laughs> some props going gonna fly off the line and try and make a name for themselves. He's talking about Rubunion where you can wrap your hands around and Cuddle them. You can whack them and get away with it sometimes. And so would be interested to see how he goes. And we all know what Rangi's like. Rangi's Rangi can win it. He can win a grand final. He can win a Challenge Cup final if he if he wanted to. Know, if he turned on turned it on. But I just think witness this will so just be too much for them. Obviously, they've come on a long way since West Wales. Sorry, they've come a long way, way since uh, obviously we were at Bradford and we played them. We beat them by hundred odd points, and they've, they've they've performed a lot better and recruited very well. But I just think. Witness or with the name and the, the Challenge Cup as well and the history with it, I think they'll come away with a win.
0: Yeah, definitely, mate. I, pro- I probably agree with you on that one, especially with it being on West Wales pitch, which is quite a fast pitch. West Wales, have got quite a fast pitch anyway, so I do yeah, think yeah. it'll suit sort of witness. Uh So next up, which I think will be probably one of ties it round, really, Swinton against Newcastle.
1: Yeah, I've got split loyalty. here. I've got two good mates playing for each team. We've got Martin Ridyard on one and Josh Woods on the other who we get along real well with. Um, so it's, it's going to be a tough one. But I, I watched Swinton, obviously Swinton did well against Bradford. I thought Swinton yeah, came, came good towards the end, but I know that Bradford made a lot of changes. And like for Bruffy and uh, Jordan Lilly and Evan Pickers, they all went off towards the end. So it was more or less a, a, a well, not a reserve team, but a younger Bradford team at that, that time. And Swinton managed to score a win, but watching um, Obviously, playing against Newcastle, I know what sort of threats they've got. Their <laughs> right edge is the biggest right edge I've ever seen in my life. It's got Yakuma Tai and Matt right on that edge, and I think if they get a lot of ball towards them, I think they'll take some stopping and probably cause a lot of damage to teams. Everyone in this league, but I think it's going to be a tough one. But I'm gonna gra- go, I'm gonna go with Swinton just to nick it. I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think again, Swinton's pitch probably isn't the fastest pitch, and I think Swinton can play at that, play at that pitch. And when I saw him against Bradford, they do look good. And when you've got a player like sort of Martin Midyard in halves, you know what you're going to get, don't you? It's like bags of experience and quality as well. So yeah, I'll back yeah, Swindon exactly, as yeah. well on that one. So, Halifax-Batley?
1: Um, no, I, I seriously think that Halifax will be very underdogs this year. I think they'll be very big underdogs. I think they will actually shock a lot of teams. And Simon Grix has got a lot going on there and recruited well again. and. I just think they'll shock a couple of times. So, I'm going to go with Halifax, um, especially just because it's not on the uh, famous slope at um, Batley.
0: Yeah, I think if it were at Batley, it might be a different story. But again, I think Halifax yeah. have, have recruited really well, to be fair. So, Sheffield-York? I think this will be a good tie as well. At Sheffield, Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, Sheffield on that on that pitch, on that 4G. And they always have a go. Sheffield, my Aston's teams are always tough to play against and expansive. Uh But I just, I watched the US. Versus York given night, and I just thought York have got a bit of class about them this year. than new halfbacks, we have got young like uh, Riley Dean and the uh, Brandon. I can't remember his second name or Har or something like that. The Aussie, um, he's he's got yeah, a lot of Yeah, he went really world. well. Yeah, and I just think I just think York will, York will be too strong for them in the end.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, pl- bringing in a player like Adam Cuthbertson, who's you know won Grand Finals and that sort of thing, you know, you can only make a team better. So. Next up the bit I think probably tie it round, arguably. Um and I've obviously got as a Bradford fan got something in it and obviously you've played for both of these teams as well. Featherston, Bradford at Feb.
1: Yeah. Um it's a tough one this, because I think obviously on paper you're thinking Fair the, the the squad they've got as I remember looking at they want the seventeen the squad numbers and it's thinking wow it it, it could have stepped up the Super League if they got the call and but the old John Keir in the Challenge Cup in it. I'll, I'll never write John off because I know he. I've been in his team talks and stuff, and he, he he can make you be playing tiddlywinks at all and make you more fired up. So like he, you're playing against a challenge in a Challenge Cup final at Tiddlerwings, he, he's got one of them that ability, and and obviously he's he what he did with, with Leeds over the year against Leeds of the year was was massive, and I wouldn't. I, I'm gonna say Feb just, but I wouldn't be surprised if. It was a Bradford win in the because of a John Key a master
0: Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna say Fever as well as a Bradford fan, just because I think I know Feb have started off really well in friendlies and Bradford have looked maybe a bit shaky, but I think it'll be close, but I do think Fever have just got that extra little bit of class in there. You know, like play like Chris Wellham and sort of the big yeah. props have signed from Super League and stuff. So I'll go with Fev. So that's that's an all round one and then obviously round two week after, and then we get straight into the season. So yep. that's been that's been it, mate. So thanks for being a guest. And everyone at home, please subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and that sort of thing. And any sort of questions or anything like that you've got for us, leave that. And a big thanks to Greg for coming on as a guest. So, yeah, cheers, mate.
1: Yeah, cheers. Thanks for having me.